Hello and welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. This On Air podcast features attorneys from Myrick O'Connell, a full-service law firm with offices in Worcester, Westboro, and Boston. Today's guest is attorney Emily Krim, an attorney in the Trusts and Estates Group at Myrick O'Connell. She focuses on estate planning, probate litigation, and elder law matters. An important part of Emily's practice is crafting estate plans for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender LGBT clients, and she frequently works with same-sex couples. Emily Krim, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Good afternoon. Hi, Howard. Happy to be here. I guess the first question that I would have for our listeners and folks that are looking for advice on this topic is, threshold question, are same-sex couples allowed to get married in the U.S. right now? Yes, they are. In 2015, the Supreme Court issued the landmark decision, Obergefell v. Hodges, which legalized same-sex marriage nationwide. And this decision was the culmination of decades of legal battles and advocacy efforts about marriage equality. Before Obergefell, opposite-sex couples qualified for numerous federal benefits. But since same-sex couples were not recognized as legally married, they were barred from receiving any of those marriage benefits. The Defense of Marriage Act, or DOMA, uh, enacted in 1996, defined marriage for federal purposes as the union of one man and one woman as husband and wife. DOMA also gave states authority to refuse to recognize same-sex marriage marriages that were legally valid in other states. So even after states began legalizing same-sex marriage, starting with Massachusetts actually in 2003, Under DOMA, married same-sex couples were still denied the benefits and protections afforded to opposite-sex married couples under federal law. But finally, in 2015, same-sex marriage was legalized nationwide in Obergefell. And Emily, what changed for same-sex couples after Obergefell? Today, all married couples are treated the same under federal and state law. There are over a thousand federal benefits available to married couples. These include Social Security, health insurance, veteran benefits, retirement, powers to make medical decisions. After Obergefell, married same-sex couples throughout the U.S. have equal access to all the federal benefits that married opposite same-sex couples have. And what are some of these benefits available to married couples? An important one is protection from disinheritance. In most states, a spouse has the right to claim an inheritance or receive an intestate share from the deceased spouse estate. Same-sex married couples now have this right to a spousal or elective share, meaning that they can't be disinherited. Another important benefit is regarding estate and gift taxes. Married same-sex couples, now they, don't, they no longer have to worry about state estate taxes at the death of the first spouse in states that provide for an unlimited estate tax marital, marital deduction, such as here in Massachusetts. Also, they are able to pass any unused federal state tax exemption to a surviving spouse under the federal portability rules. You can also now make unlimited gifts to your spouse without worrying about federal or state gift taxes. Then there's the benefit of IRA rollovers. If a spouse inherits an IRA, there's a special spousal rollover provision that lets a surviving spouse take as the spouse's own, take the IRA as the spouse's own and thereby delay distributions until age 70 and a half. This can allow the surviving spouse to stretch out the tax-deferred payments over the survivor's lifetime that may postpone the payment of income taxes. 
And then lastly, I'll just bring up Social Security. Now same-sex married couples are eligible for spouse and survivor Social Security benefits. Now, having said all that, Emily, what about estate planning for same-sex couples who are not married? So this is an important one. Ask, what if your same-sex clients are not married and they don't intend to get married? Couples have a wide range of opinions on marriage. Some same-sex couples waited for the opportunities afforded by Obergefell and got married. Others are just as comfortable remaining in a committed relationship without the formality of marriage. So, while same-sex marriage is legal nationwide, many couples remain unmarried. Unmarried same-sex partners need to understand that they do not have any legal standing with respect to each other. They lack the automatic legal protections and privileges of married couples. So, state planning documents and asset ownership decisions become even more essential. These documents include healthcare proxies, durable powers of attorney, wills, and sometimes even trusts. Emily, what are some estate planning issues facing same-sex couples who are not married? One area of particular importance is funeral and burial arrangements. In most states, laws provide that the deceased person's family has authority to make the funeral arrangements. So a non-spouse same-sex partner will be denied standing to make funeral arrangements for a deceased partner. In these situations, there's no guarantee that the deceased person's family will carry out his or her funeral wishes even if they're known by the family. In Massachusetts, adults have the right to determine and memorialize their own funeral and burial wishes. These wishes can be set forth in an independent writing, such as a letter, and we encourage our clients to do this. Another big one is the healthcare proxy. Clients need to execute healthcare proxies, specifically naming their same-sex partners as their proxy. Without a healthcare proxy, the law gives precedence to relatives over a person's partner for making medical decisions. There's also naming guardians for minor children. Same-sex couples should consider naming a guardian for minor children in their wills, especially if the child hasn't been adopted by a non-biological parent. A guardian appointed by a parent has authority over a court-appointed guardian, but without a guardian named in a will, a court could appoint grandparents or other family members as the child's guardian instead of a partner who may have raised the child and be viewed as the child as his or her parent. An unfortunate issue for same-sex couples is the risk of will contest. Disgruntled family members or other beneficiaries may contest even the best drafted wills. Yeah. If families of same-sex couples don't approve of their relationship, these families may seek to challenge wills. Couples may wish to take a step to minimize the risk of challenges to wills. And one important option to do this is a trust. Trust offers superior asset protection to wills, especially when a couple's relationship isn't supported by a family. They also provide privacy and avoid the probate process. The last issue I'll mention concerns beneficiary designations. Mm -hmm. Unmarried partners can't take advantage of the spousal default on retirement plans. So clients have to be vigilant about naming beneficiary and keeping them updated. If one partner passes away without designating the other by name, the assets could end up in probate court, which can expose them to creditor claims or even give the assets to unintended family members. Let's turn to LGBT elders. What are your thoughts on long-term care insurance? Long-term care insurance is important to consider when planning for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender LGBT elders. Most LGBT elders came of age at a time when LGBT people faced stigma, 
discrimination and rejection in all areas of their lives. Being LGBT subjected a person to potential arrest, sure. mental institutionalization, right. and estrangement from friends, families, and religious communities. This history of discrimination has had profound and lasting effects. It's because of this history that LGBT elders are more likely than the rest of the population to live alone and not have children or traditional support systems. Aging LGBT individuals often don't have people to rely on for personal or financial help with long-term care. So long-term care generally refers to the assistance that someone requires to be able to get through the day, such as due to a physical impairment that makes someone unable to get dressed or make breakfast, or cognitive impairment such as Alzheimer's. Long-term care insurance policies can cover expenses related to home care services and nursing home services. Having adequate long-term care insurance can allow LGBT clients to safeguard their assets and choose where they receive services. Would you have any final thoughts on this entire area, estate planning, rights, marital rights, benefits, not being married? Absolutely. So here's the thing. Estate planning documents for same-sex couples even those who are legally married should be viewed more carefully and with a more sensitive eye than those prepared for their opposite sex counterparts. But you need to communicate to all same sex couples that they have the power to avoid or at least minimize many of the potential issues and complications. That fact alone makes their state planning no different than anyone else's. The ability to craft a well thought out state plan can provide peace of mind and, and ensures that each client's intentions are followed. And right now, clients wishing to execute newer, updated estate planning documents do not need to despair over stay-at-home advisories and social distancing. We and, and other attorneys in my group are now having video conferences with our clients to discuss their estate plans. These virtual meetings have been working well and running pretty smoothly. Uh, although I do have to give clients a heads up that my two cats may be making an appearance on the video <laughs> chat. But regardless, we encourage all of our current and potential clients to contact us to discuss their estate plans. Emily Krim from Myrick O'Connell has been our guest today on On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to do this. How can folks contact you if they have any questions or concerns? Sure thing. I can be reached by phone at 508-929-1650 or by email at ecrim, E-C-R-I-M, at myrickoconnell.com. You can learn how Emily and her colleagues at Myrick O'Connell can assist you with your business and personal legal needs by visiting myrickoconnell.com. I'm Howard Kaplan. On behalf of Myrick O'Connell and attorney Emily Krim, thanks for joining us. Take care and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court.